Hi everybody, my name is Colin Lake and this is the Great Lakes Gear Podcast. I want you to know that I'm always continually working on improving myself mentally and physically to stay strong, to stay sharp, and to become as resilient as possible. My hope is to talk to as many smart people as I can and use the knowledge from them to help drive the human race to a stronger, healthier, and happier one. This is a podcast to help people improve themselves with self-care through movement and strength. We will talk to smart and strong individuals that use the tools that we believe in, steel clubs, maces, and of course, kettlebells. I'm a Strong First Elite instructor and have trained clients for 10 years before switching careers. Now, as the owner of GreatLakesGear.com, I want to help educate and motivate people to become better versions of themselves, to utilize these tools like I do and many others do as well. This is a podcast to pick the brains of smart and knowledgeable individuals and help you become harder to kill. If you're listening to this and enjoy it, please give us a follow and a review on Apple. Enjoy the next podcast. For you, Mav, if you had 30 seconds uh, for a message for, for somebody um, that you wanted to get out to them, like what would it be? You get what you see and um, I don't know, what you see is what you get and whatever effort you want to put into it, it's going to yield the result you're looking for. So um, there's, there's really no sugar-coated uh, – it's a tough question to answer right there, man. Um, it's a good one. And I, I kind of just, it was flying by the seat of my pants there. And I was just kind of, cause I was just going into like, when I do these podcasts, I typically, which I didn't for you, which I forgot to is say, Hey Mav, like, uh, what would your 32nd message be if you were to, uh, if you wanted to get a message out to anybody? And that is a difficult question. I've never reversed it actually, and done it on me. Um, so I apologize for putting you on the spot there. Um, but it was interesting. Your reply, um, it was, um, what you see is what you get. And, uh, what was the next quote that you said? What you see is what you get. And with the effort, something to do with the effort that you put in, um, which is, is just an interesting coming from, uh, from yourself. Cause you're you got a coaching background and obviously, um, you live your life and you help a lot of people, um, through the life that you live and you're helping a lot of people get strong. Uh, you're helping a lot of people learn how to use kettlebells uh, and use their body effectively um, with kettlebells to better themselves so they can enjoy whatever they want to do in life. So it's just really neat because your message was just generally about uh, helping people and what you need to do um, to, to get that done. So I like it. Um, but uh, we'll stick to the, uh, I won't throw any uh, random questions in there. <clears throat> I like uh having the list here uh sometimes going going uh flying by the seat of your pants is good and can lead to some good conversations but as we know and as i know um as you do that you can get off topic and uh ramble on for forever anyways uh question number one mav and then we'll let you get some chatting in here um how did you get introduced to the kettlebell all right i got introduced to it uh by my coach who noticed i was having a lot of issues with my my own personal training, uh, primarily using the barbell, um, and, um, and then a lots of years of, of power lifting and then, you know, general lifts, things of that nature. So she had mentioned, you know, maybe you try the kettlebell out to get some more mobility because I was pretty stuck. You know, I was just a big 230 pound guy, just always lifting heavy. And, um, even through all my years of training with the, with the barbell, I'd never had an aha moment like I did with the kettlebell. And, um, so I started using it in 2014 and then I got certified with it, uh, uh, level one and level two was strong first within like three months of each other, uh, in 2015. And, um, and then I've been with strong first since 2015. So I guess you could say kettlebells really started out with my coach, uh, and she's based out of Florida. Her name's Jamie Magner, and um, and I just stuck with it because it was just I don't know it, was, it 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 just it felt like I had found the correct tool for for me, and then I was able to cultivate a training 
philosophy based on my oh, almost 15 years of barbell training prior to that. So, yeah. That's awesome. I have, uh, when I, when I was first introduced, it was around a similar time, actually, is uh, probably right around 2013. Uh, I uh, was a trainer at Good Life in Canada here. So a large gym chain. Uh, actually, it's not a chain chain it's owned by one guy but uh it's a, i think probably probably have about 400 gyms well pre-pandemic i'm not sure what they have now but uh yeah i was uh focusing a lot on uh on rehabbing myself i had a lot of injuries um and i was focusing a lot on a lot of recovery and uh, rehabilitation type of work <clears throat> and uh came across the kettlebell and uh I was introduced to it properly by a guy named John Mills, uh, an English guy. Uh, he actually is uh, over in Guelph, which is really close to me. But uh, I was just really interested in it because <clears throat> normally I'm fairly uh, good at catching on to things. And I couldn't get the kettlebell swing uh, when I first started it for the life of me. Um, it was just uh, some brutal uh, looking squatty swing. <laughs> it was all lifting up the arms. It was it was not a, a good, good movement. And it's... Uh, Initially, I thought, uh, like, I don't like this thing. As what does this have to offer me? But then yeah. I, I kind of sat with me a little bit, and uh, I said, you know what? Uh, that probably has a lot to offer me, um, and it's going to teach me a, a lot uh, to get these movements with timing, uh running and kicking. Um, trying to become a professional soccer player late in the game, but I did do a lot of training and a lot of uh, endurance uh, work and just athletic work with soccer. Oh. A lot of quad dominant uh type of stuff happening so uh something that required recruitment uh of the glutes hams uh in the way that uh a kettlebell swing demands uh just it wasn't working for me but and um it's interesting to see a lot of athletes when they first pick up a kettlebell some of them they do get it but others they just kind of squat and muscle through it um but uh yeah it's kettlebell it's it's an amazing tool and uh Thanks for sharing uh, how you got introduced to it. I thought I'd share how I got introduced to it as well. Um, but uh, since I, I had that, I didn't. I, I I got. I didn't get the. I didn't buy into it as uh, as much as I am now. Like now, I'm all uh, obviously. I, I own a kettlebell company, but I absolutely love kettlebells. I live and breathe them. Um, they're my favorite tool. Um, I, when I first saw them, I kind of almost brushed them off, but I was just kind of more frustrated that I couldn't get the movement. Um, then I got the movement, but then it kind of developed into uh, more of a love for what the kettlebell can do. And, and I started taking some courses with some really smart and strong individuals. And I noticed that those smart and strong individuals, a lot of them were using the kettlebell. Um, so I just got into it and, uh, it's, uh, it's been an amazing experience for me. And then, uh, I'm sure many people that talk about why they continue to use kettlebells, uh, they sing the same story. Um, and if everyone's saying all this stuff, it must have some validity to it. So it's an absolutely amazing tool. I, I uh, fantastic, amazing piece of equipment. And if you guys haven't tried the kettlebell, um, I strongly urge you to get some, some coaching. Coaching goes a long way uh, in in direction for kettlebells, and uh, you can definitely take a look at uh, coaches Coach Mav's uh, page. He has some amazing programming, which we want to touch upon. Um, he, you have uh, an amazing mind uh, for for kettlebell programming. Uh, when I first saw your programming, I was it was unlike uh, like I hadn't seen anything kind of like it. It was uh, it was very it just, I was a try. I kind of had a, a, a bro crush on you. Um, <laughs> uh, just from the, the programming that you put together. Um, it, it was just really neat. And then when I actually tried some of your programs, they were a lot of fun. Um, they were fun, effective, right. um, and, uh, they did the job. Uh, so anyways, if you're looking for some, uh, some coaching, uh, and you want to get some programming and some advice, definitely hit up uh, coach Mav. Uh, he does not see you wrong. Um, so, what speaking of you and uh mavericks fieldhouse uh what are your goals and your visions for mavericks fieldhouse and uh, let me just back this up what is mavericks fieldhouse and then we'll go up to what is your goals for mavericks fieldhouse all right uh so kind of like mavericks fieldhouse you know how it started um it's it started from basically what what i was before it came 
um, when, and what I was before Mavericks Fieldhouse was an individual that was always chasing the big lifts, uh, the, the ego, the, the feeding of the aha, I can get this over my head. And then Mavericks Fieldhouse turned into um, breaking things down to the root of fitness in the cultivation of thinking about the quality as opposed to the quantity and the, um, the movement in turn is just going to define uh, the muscle properly and make it as natural as putting on your seatbelt when you get into the car. So Mavericks Fieldhouse uh, in its early days was brick and mortar uh, from 2017 to 2000 and uh, whenever the pandemic hit uh, 2019 or 20, yeah, 2020, some shit like that, whatever. Um, <laughs> And prior to Maverick Fieldhouse, I had a previous gym that was just a strength and conditioning style gym. Um, and, and that was just called Mavericks Training. So it, took, it went from Mavericks Training to Mavericks Fieldhouse. And that was to just bring everything back down to grassroots. And during that, that transition, um, I had been using the kettlebells. And I couldn't think of anything more traditional than the kettlebell and how simplistic it can bring out the savagery in a person. Um, it just brings out that innate ability to, to be who, who you are supposed to be and that you didn't even know it. Um, and you don't even need a lot of weight. And that's, that's probably one of the best things about the bell uh, is that you can truly become built by it. And that's, that's my philosophy is, is, is being built by the bell. Uh, so that's where it started, where it's at right now. It's been a virtual, uh, a virtual, t uh, uh, gym, uh, since pandemic hit and it's continuing to grow. Uh, however, now we have found some roots, uh, where we live now in Florida. And now we have another brick and mortar location where we're going to start to introduce, uh, on location classes and, uh, while continuing to grow the, um, the virtual uh, student roster. Uh, and, I, and and one thing that we believe here at the field house is that we do not have clients or, or whatever we have students and, um, you, you're, you're training for a purpose. You're not just showing up to work out. So anybody who decides or, um, feels that they are ready to join the field house, just, just kind of rest assured that you're training for the goal that you set forth. And then I'm providing the plan for you to work towards that, that goal. That's really where the field house is it, man. And we do everything with kettlebells primarily. However, we do have some students that like to add in barbells and steel clubs and maces. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we do tell them that that's, that's fine. Well, we can coach that way, but just be ready that you're going to have to purchase heavier equipment because you're going to get strong, um, uh, pretty <laughs> quick. So, um, yeah, so that's really where we're at with the field house, man. That's awesome. And, uh, you did a great move. Like as I'm sure many, uh, when the pandemic hit, I, I was training, I had, uh, I had about five or six clients I was training and, uh, I had to do the switch to online. And then, uh, there came a point in time when my online business had to take over and I had to stop the training. But, uh, if you didn't make that pivot, uh, from onto virtual, like obviously no one's, no one's going to be getting paid and no one's going to be, uh, moving on with, with any, anything. Right. So yeah. as it's, it's just very interesting. Um, and has it almost been not a blessing, but like, has it helped in certain ways, um, with business and, and yeah. the ways that you communicate with people? Yeah. When, when you be, when you go from coaching in person for, you know, quite some time to auto, all of a sudden you have to coach somebody from behind the computer. You, it will make or break you as a, as a, as a coach, uh, because you have to learn how to teach people with vocabulary and not everybody listens or hears, uh, the same cues. So you get really, really good or you get really bad at, at honing in your, your, your skills. And you also, you also uh, build some character with your patients um, because you have to be patient to be a virtual instructor uh, or coach, whatever you like to name yourself. 
because there's a lot of margin for error in virtual instruction because you're not there to give the tactile cues. You have to you have to be very clear and concise with your your verbiage and you have to be extremely concise with your programming and make sure that it's readily uh, available to be read and understood. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that go into fieldhouse programming, making sure that our students have uh, the programs ahead of time for review and then that they're prepared for their actual training session um, once it's time to, to get after it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's uh, that's very interesting. Um, the With the virtual uh, training, I found that uh, exactly what you're saying when I was doing it. Um, it's you have to use use your words. You're not going to be there to uh, check Touch. their lockout by touching them or anything mm -hmm. tactile, uh, right? And uh, it's a completely different ball game. Uh, so you're going to have to switch gears and get very um, good at, at at exactly what you said. And it, it's to di each different client um, as well um, or student. Um, a lot of people, they don't uh, – maybe if you're explaining – things one way to one person, maybe another person doesn't get it. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you have to figure out what works for that, that uh, student. Um, and that what's what does make a really good coach. And uh, obviously uh, that you're still doing it and you're thriving with it um, means that you're doing a fantastic job. So I just want to say, keep up the fantastic work. Uh, <laughs> coach Mav. That's thanks man. Yeah. Um, you're doing it. It's fantastic. Uh the kettlebells. So this is a very simple, simple question here. Um, <laughs> kettlebells. Why, why do you love kettlebells so much? Uh, think about like, uh, Michelangelo when he picks up a paintbrush, it just does magical things. It's uh, very simple to him. It's very, uh, um, invigorating. It, uh, it's, it's not, it's not it's not a job related it's uh every time you pick up the kettlebell there's there's some sort of purpose that's going to be that's going to be made there's some sort of passion that's going to resonate from from your dna into the cast iron and it's going to be projected into the movement of choice uh, for that particular practice session and um it's it's uh, i find the kettlebell to be uh, an extension of my of my my extremity and um yeah, it's awesome, it, it just it's it's a, it's just you know it's some of the problem with with the fitness industry is not being present in the moment um not being present when you're doing something um uh, you know i my my earlier days i i did what was called power building and it's where you're lifting fucking heavy ass weights for hypertrophy rep ranges and I, I carry that same type of mindset into uh, into what I do now with the kettlebell, which is more like kettlebell power building. And um, but there's a certain mindset that goes into bodybuilding or body sculpting or strength sculpting, and it's being present and connecting with whatever you're choosing to use, whether it's a steel club or a mace or um, or a Bulgarian bag or a barbell or anything like that. It's, you know, I tell all my students, I say, when you grab the piece of iron, don't just grab it, like feel it, feel that shit. And then connect, connect from the foot up and you'll, you'll be amazed at how much better you move and how much less energy you expend. I really like how deep you're getting into that. And I can feel it's, it's like a, a, it is like spiritual and meditation for me. Like when I get into it, um, it's not just lifting. It's, it's not just, it's not just moving. Like I really, it's very martial arts. It is. And I, and I, I feel, uh, some sort of, uh, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. It's kind of, it's just magical with the bell. Um, uh, we'll say it's magic, <laughs> spiritual, whatever we want to call it meditation. Um, I feel the same way in a very similar way, I should say. Um, and with, when you're doing certain movements with a kettlebell <clears throat> and pressing, you're uh, you're really making that bell uh, a part of you um, and moving uh, as one. Um, it's it's really a beautiful thing. And uh, when you do it with with good technique and you get uh, very strong, um, you you really know what you 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 have a very good idea of what you can and can't do. Um, so when you're doing this, you're, when you're hitting like an 80 or 90, maybe 95% of a one rep max, like 
when you're getting into it, it's, it's, uh, it's like a competition or you're, it's like almost like wartime. Like you're going, it's business, you're getting it done. Um, and there's a sense of accomplishment, um, and all this stuff that comes, comes with it. It's, uh, it's just more for a lot of people. It's more than just, uh, just lifting to, to stay strong for me recently. Um, I've gone through, uh, last two years of my life were the hardest years of my, my life. Um, and, uh, I put on quite a bit of weight and, and, and all that stopped training. And, uh, recently been, I've been back on, on training for about three months. Uh, I've been eating well. Um, I've actually gone on to uh, a carnivore diet. I've been doing that for, uh, for this month and I've dropped over 10 pounds. Um, the training has done so much for me mentally. Um, like I was considering going, going to counseling and going to, to therapy. Like I was in a serious bad spot. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe there is a spot for that. I'm not saying that therapy or, or seeking help is, is not the wrong thing to do. But for me, I've successfully in my mind gone through a very dark period of time. And now I've come out much stronger and I'm using the, the kettlebell and the training, um, as my meditation and as a, a sort of focus. Um, and it's, it's paying off, uh, very, very well. Um, so I'm very happy about that. And, uh, that's it, training is, is different to a lot of people. Sometimes it's, it's just trying to lose some weight. Some people, but some people it, it, uh, it bleeds into all, actually all people, it, most people, I should say, it bleeds into all other areas of their life, right? When, uh, when they're feeling good, uh, with themselves, then, uh, obviously their performance at work or whatever, whatever they're doing is, should be better. Um, so it's really good things. So Anyway, the training, uh, that's some deep stuff that we went into there, but we both know that, uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very powerful tool. And, uh, if you haven't, uh, tried, uh, training, uh, in that manner, um, then you definitely should, you should get a coach and, uh, and try training, uh, and, and execute discipline, uh, and, uh, take it seriously. Um, it's, uh, it'll pay off. It's, it's a very, very good thing. I've been very active my entire life. Uh, that was probably the longest time that I'd gone without staying onto a program. And, uh, yeah, I gained uh, about 40 pounds. Um, and well, there was a lot of just eating, drinking, um, just bad stuff happening, but, um, anyway, I'll stop blabbing on about my, my hard two years and we'll continue on. Uh, bottom line is, uh, training, uh, is going to help you in various different ways throughout your life. It can help um, in very dark areas and it can help just on a regular day-to-day -day basis. So there's many applications for training and uh, it's it's well worth the investment into yourself to, to start training. Um, so how do you come up, back to the programs and you're like a program god and uh, my bromance with your, your programming. Um, how, uh, how do you come up with these programs? Obviously you have to think about them, but like you really come up with some interesting things. Um, how long does it take you? Does it take longer for certain pro well, obviously for s some programs, I'm answering my own question. It's going to take longer and, and then, then some programs are going to take longer than others. But like, what do you, is there a, uh, some like a template that you have in your mind? Like, how do you come up with these amazing programs that are fun and effective? Um, the, the focal point of my, of the way I program is it's like Picasso, right? It just comes to you. The focal point of the programming is on mental toughness. That's, that's where it starts at because lifting weights is easy, but maintaining mental toughness is really where the challenge comes in. So I do that through number sequences and I always have an end number that I want the student to achieve by the completion of three, four or five sets. And when I put the numbers all together I make sure that they add up to what I want them to do. And then it just comes down to um, making sure that you are either doing one or two things. You are complementing the next movement, you are building to the next movement, or you are pre-exhausting um, movement A to make movement B hard as fuck. Um, so, or you're, you're setting, it's always about setting the person up to stay mentally tough. Uh, cause 
if you can handle if you can handle one of my training sessions you can fucking handle anything that's uh that's very interesting i like the way that you put that so you're looking at um the number of repetitions and sets obviously that you're you're aiming to get for that session and you're going to base make sure you're going to add up all those so you're looking at the number of lifts the number of repetitions and you're going to make sure that those are exactly the way way you want them in the program so you're going to come out with a number and then you're going to build up the blocks and at the end of those blocks that number is going to add up to whatever you wanted for that program yep um obviously throughout periodization and through uh throughout the month or throughout the next few months you'll undulate that um with uh, have it peaking and then back it off um so that's that's awesome um so if anyone's listening and you haven't tried uh a program from mav you guys are missing out um definitely check it out um okay this next one hard style kettlebell or sport are you on a team what's going on obviously i already know that you're not into sports so (laughs) so any form of kettlebell is a good form of kettlebell training it's a matter of if it makes sense for your um, your personality. Uh, I'm a very very uh, intense, uh, uh, eccentric uh, individual, and hard style really really works works well for me. However, uh, I'm quite intrigued to to train uh, to train sport. Uh, I haven't come across anybody in my general location that could teach me, uh, you know, you know, be there for, per se as a coach. Uh, but with that being said, uh, nobody taught me how to use the kettlebells. I taught myself and then I got, um, educated through strong first, how to coach them better. Um, so I taught myself how to do everything that I do. And then I got better at it by, you know, uh, seeking out, uh, superiors and, um, people that have been in the game a lot longer than me. And, um, you know, you made the comment about, you know, the swing was a little bit unnatural for you. Uh, the, the swing, uh, was like putting toothpaste on my toothbrush. It was very simple for me. Um, so what I coach, I coach hard style. Uh, what I'm interested in enduring and, and understanding is, um, what it takes to do kettlebell sport. Cause I've seen what they go through. Um, and I like what, they have to do to get there. And I don't think there's any more of a darker place that you can go than a 10 minute long cycle with a pair of 32 kilos. And that for me would be a goal to be able to do long cycle with 32s, um, like double reds for a hundred reps plus in 10 minutes would be, I, I would, I would, I would make myself ready for that for that challenge at some point in my life. That's so. a hell of a battle right there. Um, the uh, the two li- the two styles are um, one's a sprint, one's a marathon. Exactly, one they're completely different. The yin and yang, yeah. right? And uh, well, no, yin and yang is complementary to the other. So, ah, uh, uh, marathon is in uh, you know people who um, are ectomorphs. You know they're going to be built for for that. You know whereas sprinters are going to be uh, mesomorph. They're just compact. They have fast switch muscles. So, you know, if you have a short guy, um, you know, I'm five foot 10, you know, 212 pounds, I'm not really built to, to, to run a marathon. Um, I'm more or less built to sprint. I've got big legs, big glutes, you know, very, very powerful. So every human being is designed to do a certain thing. The human being that wants to do something different is going to have to train twice as fucking hard, but right. It is what it is, whatever it is that you want to do, Make sure that you're following a plan to get there. Like, yeah, I want to be able to do long cycle. I got to train. I got to train for it. It's not going to happen with 32s in the beginning. You're going to have to crawl through 20s and 24s and 28s and earn. And that's the other thing with kettlebells is that there's a lot of people that that don't earn the the rite of passage to the kettlebell. They just manhandle it, or they just kind of grunt it into position, or they they justify uh load with behavior and whereas uh the behavior should dictate the movement of the load meaning that you have the integrity to move say a pair of 24s 
uh, very text textbook. Um, yet if you are attempting maybe some 32s, um, you do anything um, that you can to get them to the position. And because you've uh, gotten the bells to the position, you have validated it with some sort of um, justification. But at the end of everything, the root of, of kettlebell movement is, is uh, a result of the behavior of the student. And it should always be consistent. It should always be a high level of integrity. So. I, I can agree with that. That's for sure. With the uh, kettlebell sport and the, like with the positions with hard style too, like I think um, one, like you, you could take information and, and technical, um, well, just positions from, from one to the other and, uh, and they could learn from each other. Yep. Uh, and that could that help because like when you're getting heavy as fuck with kettlebells, like staying in a hard style fucking lockout position is is absolutely just not efficient at all. Um, it really isn't. Um, however, you know, if you're if you're training for for higher volume sets, then you're going to have to accommodate to the best foundation possible. And that's going to be um, sport. But if you're working in low volume and you're working in, you know, doubles, triples, you know, maybe up to five, you know, you should still be able to maintain that hard style foundation. Um, so make sure that, you know, you're choosing the rep range um, that's, that's based on your goals and then set yourself up for the best foundation. You know, if you've got powder coated bells and you want to do 10 minute long cycle, then watch some long cycle videos and set yourself up for success. Um, you know, the fastest way to do a barbell snatch is, uh, to squat under the bar and stand up it, stand up with it. Um, you know, and, uh, the, the fastest way to cycle snatches is it's to snatch it up and, you know, cast it down. But, you know, if you start to bring it to the rack position, you're going to get tired and things of that nature. So, you know, with a student wanting to, to perform, you know, a certain exercise, you know, there's a mixture of, of, of styles based on the day. So I don't think there's a problem with that, just as long as you are implementing the proper mechanics, not just trying to like, not trying to wing it, you know, or just kind of like, sure. just get the shit done. Because when you get the shit done, your body doesn't remember it. And then you yeah. catch up every time you go to practice. I would say like, if I was to teach someone first, I would, I would want to teach them hard style um, to get that, that proper lockout position and, and teach that tension. Um, but actually I should say, I should get more, more experience with the kettlebell sport. Um, and as I get more, I do want to dive into it, um, over the next little bit and, uh, and start playing around with it. Um, I've done some longer, uh, bouts of like push pressing and stuff like that, but I haven't, um, actually done specific, uh, kettlebell sport. Um, but <clears throat> when teaching somebody, I would if, if you were to try kettlebell just knowing what i know about kettlebell sport and about uh hard style uh if you, if you were let me just ask you this and this wasn't in our list of, of stuff to go over today um if you were to choose somebody choose a a type if it was hard style or sport to teach somebody first which one would you choose well uh, are you giving um, me, the background that I am proficient at teaching kettlebell sport as well as teaching hard style. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, yes, yes. For, yeah. So let's just say that I've, I have as much knowledge of sport as I do hard style. Um, it would not come down to me to come down to what the student's goals are. If the student was looking to become more efficient at hard style, that's where, that's where his path or her path would start. If they were wanting to do sport, then I would teach that. It's like, you know, if you want to teach somebody how to kettlebell swing for general, then teach them hard style because it's very powerful and, um, and it makes sense. Uh, if you're wanting to teach somebody sport, you have to teach them how to swing sport. Um, you can't teach a marathoner to start a race like a sprinter, they'll gas out. And you can't teach a sprinter to, to start a race like a marathoner, they'll fucking lose. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, basis for knowledge is is set to the tone of what the individual is seeking if they want sport you teach them sport you can't mix the two once you have a hybrid athlete and they have a great understanding of both then that's when you as the coach 
can program mixture of of the two but you have to have a very high skill uh student to be able to perform those activities or else they're going to have uh, a greater risk for injury and you never want your student injured because then they're not progressing towards their goals and you are the facil facilitator um of the program that leads them to their goals that was a fantastic an answer math uh it's better than my <laughs> answer of uh yeah just teach them hard style first because actually what you said it makes perfect sense uh what you have to cater to the goals of your student and that makes perfect sense every single time um so that's that's a fantastic answer on that if i was pro like as proficient in kettlebell sport as i am with hard style um i'm sure a lot of my answers may maybe change a little bit like <laughs> with that that experience uh that you'd gain through teaching or uh through performing uh kettlebell sport and and learning the ins and the outs of it and learning from uh people that are better than you um so i, I do look forward to, to diving down that rabbit hole and and uh testing that out uh like that does sound nasty like it's kettlebell sport double 32s 10 minutes Ugh, like that's just you're talking about mental toughness like there's that's some mental toughness right there um which is uh it's something that I bet a lot of people are scared of. It's, it's uh, well, it's all manageable pieces, right? You start where where you uh, where you're at, and uh, you move up. Well, you know, if 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 it does not if it does not frighten you, it's not going to change you. And once you understand uh, how to uh, know your fear as as K N O W, then you can use it to to fuel. Uh, your purpose, whatever it is, you know, whether it's to climb a mountain or rappel off of a tower or jump from a perfectly good airplane or, or do a long cycle with, a, with even 16s, um, it, you know, whatever it is, but you have to have a, a, a great understanding of, of what, what you are fearful of. And then, you know, once you've decoded that idea or that, false illusion appearing real then you'll know it and then you'll know how to uh, uh, create a kryptonite for it and then that's how you can become successful with whatever your endeavor is so things that you're scared of you should not go away from and you should welcome them and learn and grow from them yeah if you're fucking scared of it run towards it because eventually you won't be scared of it anymore i like that um, that's very good. I was scared shitless to start podcasts, just to be honest. <laughs> good. good. Now look at you. Yeah. Now you now you're here talking to me. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, I'm yeah. still a little bit nervous when I come on to them, but uh I knew that it was gonna be um well talking to people, I like over the last two years, I haven't talked to very many people, uh to be honest with you. I've been working my ass off and uh like I talk to as minimal amount of people that I possibly can to to maximize well, what I thought was maximizing my time and my work, but, um, anyway, uh, talking on the podcast is, uh, pushed me outside my comfort zone for sure. And I've grown a lot from it and every single podcast that I have done, every person that I've talked to, I've learned quite a lot and, uh, Good. grown from each experience, uh, including this one. So it's, uh, it's an honor to be able to, to chat with everybody and, uh, talk about all these awesome things. Um, so moving on, uh, beast tamer. I know that you are a beast tamer. You savage you. Um, that's uh, when did you accomplish the beast tamer? Well, I almost got it my first time in 2015 at my level two, not even knowing what it was. <laughs> um, and I only missed it because my heel grazed the floor on the pistol squat. So, um, I was like, oh, okay. So 2015, two years later, I went to a cert and, and assisted. And um, I had started to create a little bit of a phenomenon with Mavericks Fieldhouse on Instagram. And um, I was, people were starting to know who I was. So when I went to the cert, everybody fucking knew who I was there. So if you could say that the stage was set for me to fail or succeed for my beast tamer, uh, it was on that day. So 
Um, but yeah, I have, I have a video documentation by uh, Craig Marker. Uh, he's a SFG lead. Uh, awesome guy. He's a, a kinesiology and physiology instructor in Atlanta. Um, very one of the one of the smartest human beings I've come across. He's such a cool guy, and he's very very just well spoken. Um, but uh, yeah, 2017, I got the Beast Tamer. Um, I did not train for it like everybody else does. Uh, I I don't train. That's like what I think is does. one of the. Sorry for interrupting you, Matt. That's what I think. What one of the most uh, impressive things is you all. Well, first one when you did in 2015, you didn't even know what it was, and you almost came in and and uh, took it. And most people, I think that most people. Well, I actually, I'm not sure of that. Would you know the percentage of people like what the out of the three lifts? So the Beast Tamer uh, is. If for anyone that's listening doesn't know what a Beast Tamer is, the Beast Tamer is all. Uh, these lifts are done with a 48 kilogram kettlebell. You have to do a pistol squat. That's a one-legged squat holding the bell. You have to do a single arm military press. It's very strict. And you have to do a pull-up uh, to the chin, to the throat. Um, not to the chin, to the throat. So it's very, very challenging. Uh, if you have ever attempted any uh, any of these lifts with uh, with such weight, each one of them are very, very challenging. It's It's, it's not... Uh, that rare to see people get two out of three lifts. Um, but it is extremely rare, uh, to see with three and uh, like it's uh, said in the book, if you, if you can do the beast tamer, um, that's, uh, that's serious individual. Um, and, uh, they, they have some serious, serious strength behind them. So, um, I find it interesting that you, I have a hard time with that damn pull up. I got to get that damn pull up. That's my, my, uh, weak point is my pull up. Um, and I know it, uh, I can do my pistol. I got, I just got my press, um, just maybe, maybe a month or two ago. Um, so it's just, do you know what the numbers, this was referring, getting back to my original kind of thought here, um, out of all those lists, you know, like the number one failed lift is, or would you have a, if you wanted to guess, if you didn't know, typically the pull up. Yeah. That's it's, what I think too. And, and now that the, the thing about the pull up is it's it's not the pulling up it's it's the it's getting your fucking throat to the bar and you know if there's variables of your training that you're not good at then you just need to dissect that exact area um you know if you can't get your throat over the bar step on a box slap some weight on your waist put your throat to the bar and lift your feet off the box and work that area of the movement um, and then when you're coming down, you know, give yourself a, a tempo of choice uh, in the eccentric fashion coming down. And that's how you can build up the neuromuscular connection to where when you get to that percentage of the lift, your brain's like, oh, and then you, you it knows it knows. Oh, OK, cool. I can pull a little bit harder. Um, so but just to interrupt you just a little bit there. So <clears throat> just to understand this correctly. So if you're uh, teaching somebody for the beast tamer and they had a weak point with their pull up um, and they couldn't get their throat up to the bar, you would put them in that position uh, probably unweighted first and then get them to hold that position mm -hmm. um, for a certain amount of time. And do, do you know how, like how, how long would you get them to hold it for? Um, very long, you know, three to five seconds, maybe when I, when I train for the beast tamer, um, I already had uh, a pull up, um, PR chin to bar of, uh, I don't know what 140 pounds is, um, wow. 60, 65 kilos. I don't know what that is, but I had 140 pound, um, pull up and I had that because uh, at the time I weighed, uh, maybe I wasn't that much, 215, 10, 70%. I don't know what I weighed at the time, but uh, maybe it was 200 pounds. Or, oh, it was, I was 205, I think at the time, times 70%. Yeah, so at the time I, uh, I, was, uh, I was inquiring to a colleague of mine. I was like, hey, 
I said, what's strong for a pull-up? He's like, 70% of your body weight. And I was like, 70%, eh? And he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So I just worked. And then I, I hit a pull-up of about 140 pounds. Um, and then, uh, so I, my pull-up was always there. So when I trained pull-ups, I just trained them like, you know, Wendler. You know, I would do like 531 or stuff like that. But I'd always yeah. finish... I'd always finish my last rep with a 10 second hold of the gotcha. set. So if I was doing three reps, one, two, three, I'd hold my chin over the bar for, you know, five to 10 seconds, let myself down. Cause this is the part that people can't get. They can't get that full flexion. And the other thing too, is that the pull up is, is a full body movement. So if you don't maintain the hollow position from, from toenail to fingertip, you have a higher failure rate because now you are just a wet noodle with 48 kilos hanging from you. So it's about maintaining hollow position and as tight as you can get is going to be the stronger the bond you have. And you're just going to feel like a single unit, you know, moving up and down. Gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense uh, for everyone that's listening. Hollow position. Um, it's uh uh, a gymnastics kind of position where uh, you're maintaining stability through the entire body and there's tension. So you're pointing your toes down. Well, they don't have, well, for a traditional hollow position, they would be pointed down. You're driving your legs together. Glutes are on, midsection's tight, 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 and everything's nice and solid. Again, it's not like a wet noodle, just like Mav just said. Um, and uh, it goes a long way uh, for strength and it's going to be a lot easier. Yep. So um, moving on. Uh, beast hammer. I'm going to be working on that. We'll, uh, we'll move on from that favorite, uh, recovery tools or movements. Have uh, any quick tips for recovery or for, uh, for the folks out there listening for, uh, trying to get that balance out. If they're doing all this strength work, why don't they recover? One of the best ways to recover is take a fucking break from the weights. Um, and cause they're going to be there when you get back and, um, nobody fucking cares how much you can lift. So don't feel as if you've got to keep on chasing these numbers. Um, you know, if you, if you're not feeling good, your, your quality of movement, is going to be shit. So, you know, when you're training, just strive for quality and when you're not feeling good back off. And some of my favorite, you know, one of, I, I guess one of my favorite tools is, uh, the, so right. Uh, which is the uh, you know, the plastic prong looking uh, gadget that you lay on and it, it releases the psoas. Um, you know, the psoas is basically the soul to the body. And if that thing's tight, your whole body's jacked up. I like that. Um, and I like, uh, I like a, a, it's called a voodoo band. Um, it's basically compression of the muscle uh, to stretch. And then it, um, it suppresses blood flow. And then once you release the band, it um it allows the blood flow and it pushes all the bad blood out gets a good stretch that kind of fun stuff um you can find the voodoo bands uh online just type in voodoo band and it should pop up uh so so right that and then i also use what's called a mark pro uh m-a-r-c-mark m-a-r-c-p-r-o stands for muscle activation uh recovery and um you know if anybody's ever interested in that uh, i've got a a uh, code for them. It's, uh, Mav pro. So M A V P R O and, um, it's worth its weight in gold. So you're going to spend, you know, about 600 bucks on it. And, um, but you're going to feel like a million bucks when you get off of it. So, uh, it's a pretty, pretty advanced piece of equipment and, um, yeah, markpro.com, Mav pro. Uh, I think I'm going to have to take, take one of those actually. <laughs> <laughs> good piece of equipment man i've been working with the company now for uh, close to three years awesome and, uh, uh it's good and then um massage massage getting getting um massage at least uh, uh twice a month uh if you're over 200 pounds book 90 minutes because 60 minutes ain't gonna do shit for you so <laughs> um but yeah uh massage is is very 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 keen in the last one and uh for anybody out there who may think this is not macho enough, go get your fucking feet done and um, <laughs> get your feet Man, done. I need to get that done too, actually. Get your feet done <laughs> once a month, you know, get your feet done. 
Um, it's very, very, uh, it's a, it's a great total body release. And, um, you know, cause if you can't, if your foot doesn't feel the floor, then you don't feel what's going to be coming. So you got to make sure that those, that foot's good to go. And, uh, Love yeah. it. So those are, those are my, those are my go-tos. I've, I, and then some I want to try is I want to try cryotherapy. Uh, I just uh, got wind that there's a cryotherapy, uh, establishment here local, which I'll be just, I'll be going to try them out. I don't really need to do a sauna cause I live in Florida and uh, yep. it's already fucking hot. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big sauna guy. I do a lot of the, uh, oh, it's fucking cold as shit up there. Yeah, absolutely. We just had a massive storm. I just I actually got, just got back from uh, delivering in Toronto and like two lane uh, roads in yeah. Toronto were down to one and I was driving my F-250 with a trailer on it. Anyway, yeah. not a good Crazy. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I really appreciate the time today, Mav, uh, going over this. I know we could probably uh, spend quite a bit more time uh, going over different topics. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll call this part one of, uh, of two good, and, and we'll get you back onto the show. Um, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I really appreciate the time that you've taken out of your day to chat with us um, about training about kettlebells and uh, just teaching us a little bit more about Mavericks Fieldhouse. Uh, if you guys uh, didn't haven't already checked out Mavericks Fieldhouse, be sure to go on to Instagram. Um, and uh, he also has his website as well. What can you just get? I'll make sure I have all the links for everything uh, in the website. Perfect. Yeah. Mavericksfieldhouse.com. Nice and simple there. Um, so we can just check them out. Uh, it's absolutely amazing programming. If you don't know what, uh, if you don't have never touched a kettlebell before, he's got you covered. If you're like a pro kettlebeller, like he's got you covered. So, uh, much respect for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll sound off here and until next time, guys, thanks for listening. And, uh, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you follow us and share, uh, with the, all your friends. <laughs> thanks all very right. much guys. Hi y'all. Have a good one. Good stuff hitting up that posterior chain. I spent a lot of my time.